Hey there, it's Matt Ryan. Are you enjoying this A7FL podcast? Well, I'm glad you are, because that means you can give us money. That's right, you can buy our merch right now at tinyurl.com slash A7FL merch. That's tinyurl.com slash A7FL merch. Up there right now, we have some Thick Boy Season merchandise. We've got some Hus Hus shirts. And also, we've got some Corey Hammond-related merchandise coming soon. A Corey Hammond, Corey Hammond's t-shirt, hoodie, and a whole lot more. You can get all of them right now, sent to you nice, comfy, and cozy at tinyurl.com slash a7flmerch. And also, you can find it in the show notes. Now back to that podcast you like. It's time once again for the three-on-one podcast. How's it going, everybody? I'm Matt Ryan, joined as always by Big Rob Fabian and Corey Hammond, or a.k.a. Corey Handsome, if you watch (laughs) us on the Silver State Sports and Entertainment Network. Gentlemen, it is championship week. We are on the road to Bullhead City, Arizona this Sunday and Saturday at the Anderson Automotive Fieldhouse. Get the plug out of the way if you want to be a part of it and hear me, Rob, and Corey announce you. Go to a7flnv.com. That's a7flnv.com. Gentlemen, how you doing? Better than the Hunters, Coach. Oh, 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 Robert, Robert. We were talking before we went on the air, and I've been thinking, as your friend, as technically I think I'm your boss, I'm not sure about that, um... I, I think I report to Ryan DePaul's one, second daughter. One of the one of the three heads of the Dragon of Three Heads is our boss. The other two heads are like friend and also colleague, but you know you got it's the Dragon yeah, of Three that, Heads. That middle that was head, promised. That middle head is is definitely the boss. You run the show here. You run the show. <laughs> but you've been wanting to speak your piece. We'll say that. We'll speak your piece about some of the things. We, we missed Festivus. We didn't have a show on Festivus. So now is time for a new segment on the show that we feel during the regular season you're going to hear and see quite a bit here on the 3 on 1 podcast. Big Rob's airing of grievances. Big Rob, go off, my friend. The Hunter's Coach is a bleep this expletive. Idiot, idiot, <laughs> idiot, idiot. He threw the game. He threw the game. How did he K-1 throw the game? Explain to me how he threw the game. K-Uno is a clear-cut star. K-Uno, um, um, Kwame, South, Kwame Southward, right? Qu- Count South Kwame Hall. South Hall, yeah. South Hall, South Hall. He's a star. The kid is phenomenal. The kid led his team to an almost undefeated record in and gave good competition to every single team they played this season, even beating the pit bosses who I had so highly touted in the beginning of the season, even beating those guys without Trey Robinson. Cool. This is the chance for them to seal the deal with Trey Robinson and your head coach decides to bench you for two possessions 
that then put the pit bosses up 14 points and your team didn't even bother coming alive until you joined the fray. He's an idiot. He's an idiot. It is, it's bigger than just running the wishbone and thinking that shit's going to work because it's not. You suck. That's just not going to work. The wishbone sucks. Please, you won't make it in the East Coast. You won't make it out of Las Vegas with that. It won't work. It won't well, work. Rob, well, well, go ahead, Corey. Well, go Rob, ahead, Corey. to kind of help you along and, help and, him. and to get... No, I I think that's that's we're 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 past that. Um, so so to help you along, I'm gonna give you some you know kind of you know a a, a board to bounce the idea off of because we're 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 making an accusation here. We're basically calling it out. But um, I I will say, Rob, correct me if I'm wrong. What is the 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 job of a coach in any form of football? Is, is it or is it not to communicate to the players that you're responsible for coaching and getting them to buy in and, and execute your vision. Right. Is that, is that like too far off from what we're saying? No. And that's what we're seeing with the Viking and the kryptonite here. Here's some highlights of the hunters. Well, we saw some highlights of the hunters, but well, and, the, and, the, and, the, and the highlights you see of the Viking here, which we're going to talk about this young man, uh, medium man, relatively old man. Uh, I don't, I don't, we, we don't even know. He we, glides you know, like a featherweight, but throws like a heavyweight. Well, and he's also he's also potentially, you know, a, a, like frozen in time, a, a, you know, a distant relic from from a, a, a very, you know, rich history of uh, Icelandic. Um, you know, prowess here, but we'll get, to, we'll oh get into my. Bjorn Skarsgar, uh, known by his family as Scott McCorkle a little bit later, but getting back to Rob's point, um, would it be surprising to hear a coach on a, a media outlet exclaiming that the problem with his team is that they're not receiving his coaching and they're, they're not, they're not reacting to the way and that he is, is, is almost handcuffed because as a coach he's not able to get his guys to do what he his beautiful imaginative 1920s wishbone vision was and has been so here we see the wishbone offense (laughs) and and like like i said on other podcasts like you know the wishbone hasn't been innovated since women were allowed to vote (laughs) but also the things that worked in the wishbone i I just got off the phone uh, earlier uh, this week with Ryan DePaul, who was talking about a time in which he in, in town beef had used wishbone and with the misdirection and the veer type options using the fullback misdirection going, you know, with the speed option, not even having to block the entire defense because you're you're making a choice based on what that player does. The it wishbone, was a different time. Yeah, that's but that's what I was going to say. Also, was effective. The wishbone can be effective if used no, correctly. No, no, and no, would it, no. Would it or would it not? Well, would it or would it not be incumbent upon the person installing the system to communicate the right way to use his system before the games on Sunday? The problem of is, course. in my opinion, the body types in this league, as across all of football, have dramatically changed. So you take a look at. How the you know RTC is what two twenty five maybe maybe in the two thirties and he can move very fast but he's an outlier in this league for every RTC encourage Mosey you have a lot of younger scat backs and the early game you know when we talk we jukes the highlight reel from a couple of years ago back when you guys were in the league and Corey had dark hair 
went viral thanks to Barstool and uh, <clears throat> uh, the you know Sports Center, you know uh, Bleacher Report, uh, a football league that likes to think that they're better than us. And <laughs> you take a look at how the game on our end has evolved over the last eight years. But you've also seen but guys to, like but to be respectful, and ice but cream it's truck not for the U too. They're big the, backs. The wishbone hasn't worked since before the HD era. We're talking <laughs> about an era no one, no one even remembers for real because it just hasn't worked since then. It hasn't, and that's they, because you know why. Wait, hold on. You know why it, it it worked back then? Because everyone was new to the game, and we were basing it off of what eleven on eleven was, and what football was in pads, the wishbone, wing tee, all that shit worked back then because we didn't get it. But as soon as athletes and people with speed and strength started showing up, that listen, all that stuff is out the window. You can't play like that anymore. There's new. There's even new positions that came up. Shouts to Ole Bell. Ole became a hybrid linebacker safety. What do you call it? Safety on seven. I, I mean, we don't have a name for it, but he was a linebacker, but he also played safety and the line. He played all three spots. He was like a three-level defender. You ever heard of that? No. Well, Rob, amazing. some people um, who are president of football leagues and mm. are technical directing tonight's show may consider you crazy. What, what would you say to that? Play A7 and then come back and talk to me. If you haven't played a down, if you don't know what it feels like, go watch a game. Go watch the you honestly go watch the U versus BIC anytime, any chip, any anything. Just go watch it. Go watch it and go watch what these the plays that are working. Don't look at it and say, Why aren't they winning running wishbone right here? That would dominate. No, it wouldn't. Moron, if it would dominate, we would do it. It doesn't work. It's you but guys the, are like but the Go ahead, go ahead. No, I'm not, and I don't think we're disagreeing. But what I would say is, is this: if you are going to say that the wishbone is going to be your your bread and butter and what you use, then what you have to do is use the misdirection that has been it you know involved in wishbone offense since 1920, right? Mm-hmm. And you use the veer option. You know, when we, when I was talking with Ryan about it, and that's the guy who called you crazy. But when I was talking to Ryan about it, it was it was St. Sean Thomas. The fullback was Ryan DePaul, and it was Mikey Shakes, who was the pitch man. And what you would have is a lead blocker out of the backfield. You would fake it to the fullback or give it to him and get the easy yards. And then you would option a a linebacker or corner down the field, and it could be effective if you used it the right way. The problem is, is I haven't seen a double counter. I haven't seen the fullback dive lead even upfield. And I haven't seen any of the defenders purposely unblocked to give it the advantage to the offensive line to block the, the men that are easier to block and attack. And then, you know, that defensive edge man that we always talk about is really uh-huh. difficult to defend against uh-huh. or block. Yeah. Well, if if you option him, right, he's making the decision. If he goes for the pitch man, great. The quarterback keeps it because it's not going to be a guy like me. It could have been a guy like Kwame Southall. And right. if they go for Kwame Southall and he's able to pitch it because you're a coach and you can teach the fundamentals of the, the formation you're trying to implement in your team's games in which 90% of the offense come from one player who's most effective in a formation and uh, offensive play structure that he implemented himself game day. And that's the same guy, Kwame Southall, K Uno, that was also benched because he wasn't doing and listening to the coach doing his things. Listen, so I think the oh, point of what Rob is saying is, is that the, if, if, go ahead, you make your no, point. No, I, no, I what, no, 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 you, my, my point is made. What, what, 
to say what against Ryan is saying, I love Ryan. I love Ryan to death. He's a dinosaur, right? Ryan, Ryan knows like I know. Oh. Ryan's a dinosaur. I love him, but he's a dinosaur. Ryan knows like I know. Yeah. If those shit, teams if back we're then, old, Rob. Yeah, if we're old, shit, I don't even know how old Ryan was. All right. Listen, he he has to bring back the wizards and see if he can run a wishbone with them. That's a wish in the dark. You think you're gonna run a wishbone against Verardi and Psycho and think that shit's gonna fly? No, it will not work. I understand that back then, you you know it it worked I, back then. To to just to put a finer point on it, if Ryan DePaul does want to come back to the A seven FL, I feel like we'd be able to get the GoFundMe to cover whatever medical expenses that would come out of that. For sure, I would I would help. I would help well, ask Ryan. <laughs> I I don't want to because because he's he's not only technically he's definitely our boss. Guys. Oh, he, he yeah he, 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 he can fire my ball. ass in like so, two seconds. So, no as as our boss and also somebody that I that I have a, a pretty good relationship with, and if you ask Baltimore, I'm I'm his lap dog, but they're wrong. But anyway, aren't you assistant to the assistant commissioner? Of of well, no, I mean in Maryland, oh. I'm the foil to the former commissioner. <laughs> so, but, and by foil, everybody knows what that means, right? Because everybody's studied, uh, you know, literature and uh, story structure and narrative. But if you ask Ryan the last time he actually made an appearance in a game, ask him if we're allowed to discuss that or if we should even reference where to find it on YouTube because I'm not going to put it out there. Like I said, he's our boss. But I think not, let's, let's, let's not talk about the wishbone because I think everyone would agree that it's not necessarily innovative to go back in time when you know not only weren't were cell phones not not uh made guys but the actual telephone was not invented yet by alexander graham bell so we're going back into history and we're not just pulling back like you know a a nordic viking in bjorn skarsgård to bring onto the field We're, we're just taking you know just old dusty pieces of paper that even the coach from waterboy when uh I don't remember his name, but when Henry Winkler and Waterboy looked at those dusty pages, he was like, nah, that's not even that good. Um, But let's just talk about this. If you're the coach of a team and your record is good and you go out publicly (laughs) and say, right, they were four and one at this time, which I'm referencing. And shout outs to the other side of the ball. Not only will you get more Vegas coverage, a seven NFL family, but you'll get Derek Duncan, the owner, Chris Vera, and of course, some Casey Cox, and everybody's looking for that. So check out the other side of the ball, hey, our guys yo. out there. But anyway, the point is, you ain't you ain't going to check out some Cox. No, I'm not going to check out some Cox. All right. Well, to each his own. To each his her they own. We're we're all in. I was in we charge of this show for like those. five minutes in episode one. Since then, it's been like, uh, fuck it. Just y'all y'all go. I'm a I'm a run point guard. I, I'm I'm Stockton. Fuck that. I'm Jeff Hornacek. Shit, I'm just there setting blocks running, occasionally. You're running PR. You're running PR in our wake of setting fires. You're just you're just there with a fire extinguisher trying to trying to put them out as fast as we can start them. Oh. But on the three on the other side of the ball podcast, guys, with a four and one yeah. record. The coach of the Hunters was publicly saying how he wishes that the players could do a better job listening to him. Now, I I don't know what goes on in their practices. And and to be clear, we're blind to anything that he says, any message that he's given, and only can hear some of the periphery stuff that we hear directly from the players that are secondhand regardless, right? 
And of course, they're going to tell their side of the story, maybe to, to skew them. So to give Coach Ray the benefit of the doubt, I'm sure that there's some things positive to his message and some of the things that he's doing. But when has effective coach at any level in any form of any sport gone out and publicly said, well, my guys are the reason other than that Facebook meme of the guy says, Hey, I got 22 excuses. There's 11 starters on defense, 11 starters on offense. And my, by the way, my snapper, my kicker and my punter are excuses too. They're terrible. My coaching's great. They're all awful. And that's a funny Facebook meme. So my question would not necessarily be specifically about just the wishbone, which we could get into, or just benching your MVP caliber, 90% of your off player my question would be what kind of a leader leads from a position of shaming the guys that he's supposed to be the example for not saying hey guys when we lost to the kryptonite i could have done a better job calling plays and putting people in the right position to win instead saying well these guys would listen and kwame is a good player and all but he's really not a quarterback and for me rob i agree with a lot of the things that you're saying technically but let's talk about coach q for the insomniacs zero at, absolutely zero success with that group of guys, right? Yeah. When you talk to Coach Q, he's accountable and says, hey, we got to do a better job. Right, because that's what a coach does. That's, co- listen, I would coach, prefer I've a guy that takes Here, Here's another example. Ryan yeah. Shamar took all right. of the blame. Right. Whether you agree with what he said yeah. or not, he Doesn't took all matter. the blame for why or they lost like in 2022. And you don't agree with that at all. It's account. It's about accountability. Is- blaming individual players, yes. blaming your players, saying they're not listening. That sounds like a you problem, buddy. Like I've never listen. I've watched my son play basketball. I think his coach sucks too. But if his coach sucks, the team sucks because the coach sucks. It it's it goes down the line. If they're not listening to you, you're not doing enough to inspire these young men. And that's your job as a coach. Right now, Lead, straight inspire, up, teach. Straight up. Yes. And that, if you had guys that missing. straight up, if you had Go the ahead. hunters roster and you had the chance to replace them, to replace the coach with a Kenny Stansberry. 100%. Why? Why? Fire. But why though? But why though? Kenny understands the game. Kenny understands <laughs> when you have a playmaker that, Rob, to put him in a hold. I got you. I got you. He understands to put a playmaker in the right position. And Kenny also understands that he should never publicly admonish his team, a, a star player, anything. But here's anything a here's a question conversely to that. How long did it take a Kenny Stansberry, a Carl Meisner, a Ryan Shamar to get to that point, to get to that position to where they can say unequivocally it was their fault. It falls on them. They're in charge of this team. They're the ones who put the rosters together. They're the ones at fault. How long does that come? And also when you look at coaching, at the level these guys have, and this is not a slight on them, the the player base is transient. We don't have that in the A7FL. We have teams that stick together five, six, seven seasons. Corey's an outlier in the fact that he's a vagabond going from town to town like the Incredible but, Hulk. But, Rob, but, Rob, when I first came into this league, what was my narrative that I always said every offseason when guys were calling me? You're going to stick it out. I was going to stay with the Warriors. I was going to stay with the Warriors. We were going to build. It was the Warriors. And when when I had a team, I was there for four or five seasons until they merged with the Thrashers. And then we were the Purple City Warriors for one year. 
we tried to run the ball. It didn't work. I had to bail us out. We still made the playoffs. And then John Soltis told me when they were when they were sending uh when they were sending all stars. This is this is super Corey Hammond, Corey Hammond. But when they were sending all stars, he looked at me after having uh, 15 touchdown passes and six pitch picks. He said, "You could have played better." And he sent uh, rest in peace. He he sent in Big Grizz to the All Star game instead of Chiboy. and uh, I went to the Savage for that next fall. Wow. So, but back back to what you were saying, Matt. Matt, Matt. How about I'm this, here. Rob? I'm here. Ken, well, no, what were you saying? Ken Stansberry, no, no, no. How, how saying? long did it take those guys to get that accountability? How many wins? It's it's above not replacement wait, hold, in the spring. Hold on, Corey. Hold on, hold on. It, it's yeah, not that it took the them yeah. long, right? It's that the whole basis of a coach in the sense that wasn't a player or wasn't observing the game prior to coaching is a new concept in A7. It's yeah. a brand new concept. I'm I'm all for it. You guys, you guys beat me up and you won. I'm all for it. But I wasn't for it because of the problems like this, where there's not, there's a certain lack of understanding of a lot of things where they're coming from an 11 on 11 mindset. And they're thinking that these things that they're so you football is football is as old as time. It's day one. The things that work always work. You know what I'm saying? But that's not how a seven works. And you can't actually go into an A-17 with that mindset and think it's going to go. It's just not going to go, unfortunately. And it didn't take Kenny Stansberry long. You just have to earn the trust of your team. And to be very honest with you, like, like if you're out there telling people on a public platform that it's your team's fault and nothing's on you, well, buddy, you got a problem. They'll never trust you. And now there's a giant question about who's going to be playing quarterback for the Hunters at the start of the spring season. And, and Shit, it ain't K-Uno. It's not going to be K- <laughs> K-Uno's done. K-Uno confirmed that he is not coming back. And that, to be quite honest, sucks because you take a look at what has been building out here since December when we started. Last year, we knew about two players coming out of Vegas heading into the season. Right. Now you have Smooth Richardson. You have the Viking. You have basically the entire kryptonite. You have right. Savion Cunningham. My you boy have Gaither. Yeah, you have Gaither. You have of I would say G Hurd because he's a hot, G-Hurd you know, he's sure. a good af- athlete. Scooter. Anybody you've seen so far this season, but losing K Uno, K Uno was a special player. 100%. And having that hey. K-Uno's either the MVP or the runner-up in the fall, right? Yeah. Well, I, I could agree. If, if you, I could agree. If you take K-Uno off of the Hunters, which their coach did multiple times, how how did that team look without K-Uno being the guy making the plays under center for the Hunters? But terrible. Yeah. Terrible. A lot, a, lot, a lot closer to the Insomniacs than the Kryptonite, I'd say. Right? 100%. And, and that's, I think we saw on those first two drives, and especially on the third and the fourth down, in which my guy, Brian Stevenson, and not to throw him under the bus, because, again, he was calling the plays that the person, I think, in question that we're talking about was, call, was calling for him, right? That young man threw it randomly backwards on third and fourth down. <laughs> 
And that was the guy that you threw in instead of the MVP or maybe the, the second Ooh. best player in the fall. Right. And and that's why I think Rob wanted to start the show off, you know, basically calling, you know, a spade a spade in the you most direct call, way. You got to call them out, man. Like, it's just, it's unacceptable. And this is a heads up for guys like Coach Bartley and all the other coaches in the league. Guys, we're not going to watch you guys do this and say nothing. It's not quiet season when you do something that dumb. Like, that's pure, that's dumb. That's dumb. You Well, how about even... this side of the coin, Rob? Go ahead. With with Vince Young, who is the the coach and kind of the manager, the the Ryan Shamar of the Kryptonite, if you will, mm-hmm. when 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 Lex Luthor, Darnell Richardson, or or even Scott Hamilton, Scooter, are out there, quarterback, they're the ones who handle the play calling. They're the ones who get everything. The coach is just there to give them the best that he can, and he actually runs a little bit more of the defense, from what I've heard. He's more of a defensive guy, um, but that is the way that you prepare your team. To, for victories, allow the guys who are, have the say in what's going on and what works and what's best. Yeah, you ready for that answer? The, the ones answer to that is duh. Duh. Yeah. Fucking duh. And, and that's like how it works. But let's, let's get out of so, this topic for just a second and let's look at. All right. Let's look ahead. You, you, you guys all right? Yes, I'm perfect. <laughs> Corey but, handsome being Corey handsome, you know. I I was gonna almost play devil's advocate, but at that at, at some point it was just like, well, that's not gonna that's not gonna yeah, play. Let's it's not gonna go it's not there's no point. Let, just let him get fried. Let him get well, cooked. Welcome to behind we the podcast, have, guys. We <laughs> we still have Vegas football. I think Matt is that yeah. where you were going? I was I was gonna go. Here? I was gonna go to a, an existential question. Because we were Ooh, talking I about like all those players who are coming out of eggs Vegas. are essential and expensive. Oh my goodness, Sorry. Corey. <laughs> oh my goodness. But go ahead, Matt. Fly. Yeah, I love it. Yeah, I love it. <laughs> but go go ahead, Matt. Hold Just on. One question. more time for his ass. Um <laughs> When it comes to the if you could take one Vegas player right now and put him in any division to win you a chip. Ooh. Why is it Savion Cunningham and why is it the Tampa Nightcrawlers? <laughs> Put Savion Cunningham on the Tampa Nightcrawlers and the chemistry Ooh. of the entire Eastern Conference. Because let's talk hypothetically here. We might end up with the first ever cross-country A7FL championship game. Okay. There, There is a likelihood that the A7FL may, for the first time ever, have two non-East Coast teams, maybe not even coastal teams, right? play each other for the A7FL championship. And if I'm the Florida division and I see that as a possibility, you are grinding every single day because there's only one team on your radar between now and July, and that's the BIC. Right. And if you put Savion Cunningham on the return team, with the firepower they have on defense and number one or number two and best athlete in the league in Mark Bagway. How much of a fucking problem do they become? Savion Cunningham adds a lot of flair to an already flared up team, right? 
they become an even bigger threat because of what we've seen him able to do on that special teams, which I I am pretty big on saying that without the special teams, BIC is not the BIC we know. With with a guy that's not doing what Ashante Worthy is doing, we we won't recognize that BIC, BIC team. He's responsible for at least 14 points coming off of untimed downs. That puts their team, the teams that they go against, backs against the wall. I faced it in 2021 in a championship game. Trust me, I know it is bad. I promise you. You don't want to be on the other side of that. You do not. So if Savion Cunningham is the real deal and, and doesn't just do that in Vegas and actually comes out here and does that, it completely changes the face of that franchise because we do know who Mark Bagway is. Mark Bagway is a star. If, you, if you're looking at what I'm looking at right now, you see what Ashante Worthy can do. And these are untimed downs where your defense just got off the field. They, they did good. They thought they got it. He scores and they're right back out there. That puts those guys on the back burner. Like that, that puts you, that makes you tired. If Mark Bagway is able to get a playmaker like that to take the edge off the top, we might be looking at, you know, the start of a new era. And Cunningham doing that without an incon- without a consistent quarterback being able so, to create on offense. Right. And we and we see Mark Bagway highlights here. Guys, you put him in Vegas. You put him on the Hunters or the Kryptonite. Not even the Kryptonite. If you put him on the Hunters or the OTT, does the dynamic change so much that they become the alpha team in that division? Because I think you put... Oh, for sure. There's like four players in this league right now that if you take them and put them on any team in the league, they're a championship contender. It's Terry Codrington, it's Ashante Worthy, it's Mark Bagway, and... That fourth spot is a variable because it, you can have a lot of different people fill that fourth spot. True. And I think it would have to come on the defensive side, and it might be Verardi. Um, yeah, I, I agree. I agree. Because the, the other guys that can, like, add value to your team, the value they add is kind of intangible. It's not something we could quantify, like a guy like um, KWAC. Yeah. Where what he adds to your team isn't necessarily stats and numbers, but – the morale boost and and the excitement; those guys look like they're having fun. You know what I'm saying? So, and KWAC is part a major part of that. And and he's so going to be playing yeah. on defense this year. How? Too. And how about this, guys? I don't think it's necessarily fair to do a unit, but could you imagine what the Kryptonite would be in a national situation if they had the offensive line play from BIC? Oh yeah, all that holding. One- Woo! <laughs> Damn, sorry, bro. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. We have to call to. these no, games, bro. Oh, hold on. I want to do. I do want to say, in the next few weeks here on the Three on One podcast, we'll be breaking some news. As you know, March 26th is when we come back with the ninth season of the American Sevens Football League, and we'll be bringing you three. That's right, three games of the week every single week. And guess nice. what? We're going to be calling the games. I've said that before, but I like saying it again because we're going to be on the air on television for nine hours, eight hours. Oh, my goodness. Stop. Don't remind me. <laughs> give, or, give or take. Give or take the uh, three that I'm involved. Or yeah, because yeah. you're going to be getting uh, 
You're gonna be in it. You're gonna be in your uniform driving to the games. Then Matt, immediately, you know what's gonna be happening. Oh, you're gonna be goodness. in your car, linking into the broadcast, calling the games while driving on the way home. <laughs> we'll be the first football broadcast to broadcast nationally with live weather and traffic on the New Jersey Turnpike. Right. But what were you gonna say, Corey? Before I started doing a bit. <coughs> No, I, I I got sidetracked by the bit. It was a good bit. Um, I, look at that field. It's ready. It's ready for you know, that that gusts of wind to just have my Chad Pennington arm just have you know touchdowns. <laughs> yeah, I, I suggest going look to at, look at that stadium. Go if to you're watching on the uh, and, and 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 don't forget, guys. Don't forget, guys. Check us out on. Go ahead. You do it better than I do. A7FL.TV. You can go to A7FL.TV. A7FL.TV. That's A7FL, which you should know. .TV, which you should also know. Or check Uh-oh. us out on YouTube. I think this is a Ryan DePaul And there's here. Ryan DePaul playing for the Cardinals. Unfortunately, uh, having, the plumber having, situation. The boss having to integrate himself all up in the videos. All up. <laughs> I'm kidding, Ryan. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. And Ryan was actually pretty good, too. He was he was really a tough guy to block. Surprisingly, when I lined up against Ryan, I used to think, "Yeah, I'm a trash this old man." But it was always difficult to block. That's why he hates old dudes. Yeah, yeah. His 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 That's level change dude. was kind of clean, and I could never get a good push on him because he was always kind of like, you know, how guys step to the side or step into you. Ryan was kind of trying to step past you, and it made him very annoying to block. Kudos to you, Ryan. <laughs> That was the that was Ryan's Hall of Fame speech right there. That's that's his <laughs> induction speech into the A7FL Hall of Fame. But guys, as we look ahead to this Sunday, it's the Kryptonite versus the Pit Bosses. I think it's the championship game Ooh. all three of us wanted deep down inside because want to see what happens when Trey Robinson and the Kryptonite finally face off against each other again after a game where the Pit Bosses were were neutered. By the by, the kryptonite, and we're seeing highlights here of Trey Robinson, an MVP calendar uh, caliber. He's an MVP calendar. Oh, Christ Almighty, he's an MVP caliber quarterback. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, but when it comes to performance on Sunday, can the can the pit bosses defense slow the pace of the kryptonite offense? That I think uh, is the biggest question. To me, that's the biggest question. Before that match in the regular season, Matt and Corey, I I would have 100% said that, of course, of course the pit boss could slow down the kryptonite. It's the pit bosses. They're amazing. They have Tone Smith, who's also running the ball. They have Trey Robinson. That defense is solid. Bop, 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 bop. And then they played each other. And that's not what I saw, man. Like, I saw, I watched the kryptonite deflate the pit bosses. And it's like the reason why this championship game won't lose value because of the loss already is this is the pit boss's chance to prove that that game was a fluke. And if they don't show up, I guess they're not who we thought they were. But here, here's my question. What's more valuable or, now? Or they are who we thought they were before we thought before, they were what we thought they were. What we thought they were. <laughs> Well, what was the question, you Matt? Say that? For the pit bosses, we know that Coach Bartley takes victories very seriously and losses very hard. 
Great block. You have, you'll be around the 50-day mark when we walk into Anderson Automotive Fieldhouse this Sunday. Will a loss basically completely unravel what the pit bosses have been doing and working on this fall and have them scrap it and go back to square one in the spring? Corey, you could take this one. Well, I think I think it also what I what I think also matters is how the game goes. I think what we saw in the first matchup is that the pit bosses were feeling like this fall season was going to be theirs to, you know, trounce all over teams. And Coach Bartley's direct words to be disrespectful moving forward after he was air quotes respectful to the Insomniacs, and I guess I'm on video as well, so I should do the air quotes when I say air quotes. Air quotes. But air this quotes. is for this is for this is for all of my peeps that are uh, still listening, still staying true to form <laughs> of the podcast, but also a7fl.tv. But if if Coach Bartley was true to form and he was able to to run up the score against every one of these teams, that's where we were at the beginning of that game before it happened. Tone came on the podcast. He was actually being you know better than some of the people were on Facebook talking all the, you know, the the nice spice as they were sitting 2-0 and after destroying the Insomniacs and OTT. But they got surprised, not only by the team that showed up as as far as the personnel, but also in the way that the, the narrative shifted in, in now. This fall has been about the kryptonite playing that easy, fast, disrespectful way, putting in Scooter because they're already up. I talked to Darnell Richardson this weekend. He was saying, I haven't played in the second half really of any of these games except for the gold because Scooter wasn't there. So what we've seen is, is that the team that the pit bosses thought they were going into the kryptonite game is who the kryptonite have proven to be. But we also saw the hunters get full of themselves a little bit when they were undefeated and say, oh, we're going to take down the kryptonite and get spanked. And we saw that that when the when the pit bosses were able to respond to a hunters team with Trey, their defense showed up even better than just their offense, which was obviously missing their starting quarterback. Right. But they looked like they started to put a couple pieces together too. So I think what will be interesting in this championship matchup is A, how does the, the tournament battle at Bullhead factor into the championship? Because the Kryptonite are also we talk about Mark Bagway. The Kryptonite are also about that bag too. So they're going for both the tournament and the championship. How is that going to affect the outcome of the actual championship game? That's for more than just a bag. It's about the bragging rights of what this fall meant. But also, is that is that fast and loose and real confident way that the Kryptonite play going to potentially come back to bite them as it did both the pit bosses and the hunters almost in succession? So I think for what I've seen is that the kryptonite are going to show up and they're going to ball and they're going to play fast and loose and they're going to do their thing. They might turn the ball over once or twice, but they're also going to make some like electric plays. What will be interesting because what we've seen from Trey and the offense for the pit bosses is that the easy plays when they're there are easy for Trey and the pit bosses, right? When they get the blocking and they get the scheme and everything works right. Those plays are always easy. Trey's able to find the check down. He's able to, break break contain and run for 70 yards but when he's got the 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 knocks in his face when dom smith in, in his face when a red-headed guy from norway coming over the atlantic on a longboat and then somehow still getting on a plane the viking is in his face chasing him down relentlessly is he going to be able to make the tough plays which are going to be 
put them over the top, not to talk about a specific team that I like, but to put them over the top in this championship game because I think the one thing that the kryptonite might have going against them is the overconfidence that might be the story of this fall, guys. What was the what was the original question, Matt? I forgot it, to be okay. completely honest. Uh, Corey made a lot of good crash. points there. No, he made no, no, Corey, you made no, 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 no. It wasn't. No, a, uh, uh, it, it was, was more so just about oh points. the defense, the setting the pace for the game being the defense of the kryptonite, and we're talking about how the pit boss offense would have to dictate the pace, and we're not sure they can do that. And and Corey, to speak to it largely, I think yeah. the question is also down to depth. And not just the depth chart, but the waves of offense and defense that both teams can send at you. The pit bosses have a solid defense. Facts. But it's mostly contained with the linebacking and line. Right, right, right. The secondary isn't always there. The Viking is a flex player in that he can play the secondary. He can come off the line. We've seen him make interceptions in open field. Right. But with the offense of the kryptonite, you see here, Smooth Richardson and Scooter alternating back-to-back. Smooth playing the first half, as you said, and Scooter playing the second half. Then you have RTC. Then you have Knox. Then you have all these other options like Shep uh, at wide receiver. Pit bosses have some options, but they're not embarrassed with Riches in the same way as a kryptonite. Right. I mean, I have to agree with that. I mean, I just... You know, you don't know until these guys show up. And again, I've talked to tons of people who told me, oh, this guy's showing up and that guy's showing up just for it to be empty promises or guys that show up and they're bozos. But the kryptonite kept their promise. It said these guys are coming and they came. Pause. Oh, my God. That's a super pause. That super is pause. The that is pause the pause ever. <laughs> now, but, remember, but, but to, to that RTC question, what's the rate between? Say, just... Go ahead, Corey. Go ahead. Go ahead. I was just gonna say, remember that 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 uh, San Diego State D one guy that RTC was promising? Yeah, he he didn't show up yet. He's coming for the spring, I'm told. So so we'll see. You but know, is he gonna be on the kryptonite or the force? Oh, no, we can he, end. We can end that. There, don't even get there, even, Coach. Coach no, 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 Mack can, already hates me enough. No, we can end that. It's not a thing. Uh, the kryptonite are a separate entity. They're very much a separate entity. Um, maybe though they were gonna be guys that they were gonna use, but those guys. Are together. I don't know if the force are going to get them. And I've the heard there's more people that want to come into the division now. Like the right. the pilot program has worked. There's there's established yeah. flag teams that want to come test their metal. There's players yeah. from all across Nevada that want to come in, establish franchises that want to play in this division. Country K and Josh P from the All Pro Jaffos, Matt. They want to come in too. You got to look at it like team. this too. The kryptonite, I don't think the kryptonite are the number one flag team in, in Nevada, or Nevada, however you say it. I don't think they're the number ah. one. I've, I know there's teams that have beat the kryptonite, right? Yeah. So watch the kryptonite go into a league like this and actually win the chip. Has to have some of them like, oh, this got to be easy then. We kicked that. You know what I'm saying? Like, that, that does something to people. Like, if I see a bunch of guys I beat on all the time, Winning a championship, mm, but what? Is, oh my! But goodness. you know what? Cor- you know what, guys? <laughs> what? The league played fuck around and find out with this fall brawl, and it's gonna pay dividends for Vegas. I'm already hearing for that sure. Jersey wants to do a fall brawl. This Everyone might start wants to do a fall brawl once it was on TV, right? Yeah, but here's the sure. thing: that has turned into 
Nevada now is an arms race to get into the A7FL and win the A7FL championship. This season already in New Jersey, we've been hearing between all three of us an incalculable amount of people who have played in the league, who have not played in the league, people with connections to the league, who want to get involved and want to bring a team in. Right now is the chance. If you feel like you have the elite-level athletes, the elite-level players, this is your chance to show it. And I think we're going to see very quickly the the water level, the quality level rise here in the A7FL. And I think the idea of a West Coast-East Coast championship game may not be as much of a straight blowout as many of us perceive it to be. I still have an East Coast team winning this year's A7FL title. It's going to come down to BIC or, the or to me, the Nightcrawlers. Those are the two teams right now, to me, that would make it to the Eastern Conference Final. Right. Well, and, and as you're talking about the, the evolution and the, and the guys finding it, it, just look at the, the Florida division just for the first example. When we first saw the Florida division send a representative up to New Jersey to play, they lost 77 to seven. The next time we saw them and it was a a very blurry tape (laughs) and a very quick one, they beat an Ohio team, 80, nothing. Boom. Like that. Boom. We got to get this off the air. (laughs) And then, uh, and shout out to my guy, Dale Hathaway, because we know some of the reasons why that happened too. And he's, uh, they've been working on that as if you could check out our uh, last week's podcast, which Matt, you have to explain what that, that title means anyway. Um, but also when the next time we saw them after that was when they beat the DC buzz, a very competitive, very, very consistently, you know, good. Maybe they're not great yet and they're getting better, but the DC buzz could put on offense. They got defensive players. They can pass, they can run. And the, the Nightcrawlers beat them like 58 to 30. And then we saw them in the Elite Eight uh, and what happened in the Rare Bree game, which they basically beat a team which they lost to, but we could all say and we know what, what the real outcome was. Yeah, we know what happened. We, we know so, what happened. So looking at what Vegas is doing from year one, which they kind of were a little bit ahead of the game in a lot of ways where Florida was, because that's a lot of where the, the comparison is, as you see some of the highlights from the Florida division. But Vegas was you know, against the champs, 62 to 19, as opposed to 77 to seven. And whatever you want to say for that, you know, the the guy who scored the touchdown for Florida was not wearing pants. So that seven <laughs> is even, you know, maybe oh, even oh, literally man. stained, maybe even <laughs> literally stained that seven is, is tainted. And, and that goes a long way, pause. Um, but now, Maybe the acceleration for Vegas in year two is even more than what we saw from the Florida division. Because let's be honest, guys, the Florida fall ha- could not at all in any way compare to what we saw from the Vegas fall, in which we had a team, we had we had multiple teams rise to the point where recency biased. But listen, when we started the the Florida division's uh, spring season in 2022, the Nightcrawlers, in which we love. They went two and three and were not a good team until Mark Bagway showed up. So one of the things that we're talking about is is that the people, not the not the franchises, not the not the broadcasts, but the actual players are showing up. And when we see the guys that are on the field in Vegas since week one to now, guys have shown up, and that's really my point in in, in saying because- that the Vegas is accelerating. To, that maybe <sighs> we expect even better from them in year two than we saw from year two in Florida. And here, here's my thing. I won't, you know, I'm not going to 
shit on another division because of one division looks like they're doing good. I'm I feel I'm starting to feel like the old historian guy on this podcast, right? Historically, no listen, oh my god, I'm gonna sound terrible. No one gives a shit who wins fall brawl because you still gotta play us in the spring. A lot of guys are not here in the fall. A lot of guys are playing elsewhere, training elsewhere. A lot of the force isn't here. The right. force isn't here. So and you right say now, that, and you say that that's bad. So it is, it is bad because here's what here's what actually happens. A team like the Kryptonite shows up. A team like the Pit Bosses, you know, they they pop out and they want to fight. Right? They want like play football not actually fight but they want to fight the hunters lose k uno if i'm coach matt by the way i am on k uno's ass every day yo what are you doing march 26th what are you doing march 26th because look at it matt look at it like this what happens if k uno decides to join forces with the pit bosses guys that's what fall does right that's what that's what you guys are trying to get does. rid of my favorite quarterback all the time not right? get rid of him Put <laughs> it's not a but matter of that what... it turns into an arms race Rock Briscoe's a brilliant offensive mind, and him working with K Uno might be the thing both of them need to and get that's that what team Fall out. Fall Brawl does. Fall Brawl doesn't tell you who's going to be good next year. Fall Brawl introduces a bunch of new guys to a sport that they didn't know they loved, and now they do. So it's like, and they introduce guys to new teams. RTC might not go back to the force, guys, and that's not be- that's because of the fall it's not because if they win or not it's because of the fall he might feel like he gels better with these guys you never know but that's the effect of the fall it isn't even about the winner that winner won't make a dent in next season but what really happens is the people that are introduced the new guys watching oh man that was dope oh that was cool oh he got trucked but everybody's okay everybody's healthy everybody gets to go home at night oh man this is amazing and then in the spring you're loaded up with 40 teams for a bunch of new players and in those new players guys there's their gems d1 prospects guys who could have been in the nfl practice squad guys they'll show up and now your season your spring season don't look like the forces it looks like a team we never heard of threatening the top three and it, it makes the season even better that's why i say the forces probably shouldn't have you know Taking it, taking it off, but you know. But, we'll but that's see. why when you say when you say that nobody cares about what happens in fall, it is true that in the national perspective, nobody cares about what happens in the fall. But in in Vegas, what happened in the fall is going to pay huge dividends. To, it's the to closest the thing we Vegas. have to free agency drafting and preseason. Like this it's is spring training. A, a, it's a seven it's, week yes. combine. Yeah, it's exactly. a seven week combine. You took the words right out of my mouth. It's a seven week combine. Honestly, guys who who like how this guy plays and says, "Hey, I want to go play with him." I, if I seen Zebby, bro, if I'm on BIC and I'm not playing, right? Because I ne- I skipped every fall after I got good. I'll just be honest, right? I want if I see Zebby in the fall, I'm calling Zebby. I'm calling Zebby. If if I see the Viking, I'm calling the Viking. Are you kidding? Hey, bro, come come with the champs. Come come win one. We can use you here. You'll be a great piece. What? You get a championship voice telling you to come join the champs? Bro, how, what do you think is going to happen? These guys are going to lose valuable players. Ooh, hus. Bye-bye. But guys like Curtis Jones, who are playing on the pit bosses in the Ooh. fall, who are going back to the force. Like, there are some players, but there is going to be losing that half step. That advantage you had... 
from last season playing against East Coast teams may not be there on March 26th. And I think for the other New Jersey teams, like the Schnow Tribe, like the whoever's going to be coming into New Jersey this year, because you keep hearing rumors all the time that everybody and their aunts coming to town. Um, (laughs) I see you, bro. (laughs) If they had this seven-week combine, this fall brawl, we might see new gems. We might see guys who are, you know, getting ready for an opportunity at the next level. There's, you know, there's other leagues that are starting before us. And there are leagues that are starting after us, and I know their players follow us on social media. So they right. may be looking for a shot to get involved. And I do feel like things slowed down on that front where the recruiting had to come from – the recruiting actually had to come from physical going outside to recruit players. Yeah. Because the fall brawl was how we used to introduce new players. The first time I I can't I don't don't quote me I feel like Worthy one of the I actually refereed one of the games the first time I seen Deshante Worthy and it was in a fall brawl. Yo, I wouldn't fuck with referee Big Rob. Oh yeah, no, nah, I, I was to be I was unfuckwithable. <laughs> me and Anthony Richardson. <laughs> oh shit. Live. Yeah, we were unfuckwithable. Whatever the call was is what the call was. There's no question about it. And Will Franklin listening to this? This motherfucker. <laughs> that's a this motherfucker. That's a bias. When when Ant when Ant would ref, he would say, "Man, I don't know. I call. I don't care. Right? I get forty dollars anyway. He's like, I get forty dollars anyway. Just get out of here. Uh, that's the episode title. Shut up. I get forty dollars anyway. There you go. I get forty dollars anyway. I mean, hey. shout out to Ant Live, GM of the uh... Snow Tribe. Oh, you are a herb. <laughs> I love you, but I gotta, you're a... I, yo, I got to represent. I got to represent. We got A7FL football in Vegas and Arizona this weekend, but we got a Snow Tribe guy in Vegas for the Pro Bowl. That's right, Deion Dawkins. You already know. Shout out shout um, out to Deion Dawkins. Here, here's the thing, Corey. Ha- okay. When we get to the game of the week announcement, when we announce the games of the week, every time there's a Corey Hammond game in the games of the week, can we call it Corey Watch? <laughs> Where we just have yes. the cameras. Ryan no, DePaul, yes, please confirm no, this. No, yes, where we have the all, all, all Corey 22 just focused on himself, Corey. But the, but the quarterback of the Snow Tribe is about the team. And when the Snow Tribe is playing, it's going to be the Snow Tribe show. Let's take a look at some Corey Hammond highlights. Awesome Corey Hammond highlights. Here we go. Ooh, drop back. Kiss yourself. Oh, he's Ooh, in that he's all running, white, too. He's running. <laughs> I had to get five yards, and I got five and a half. That's it's, it. It's like watching was, ghosts from down the field. Uh, that, I wasn't that, surprised. I know that's what you. Oh, you look why. like chalk. Let, listen, listen. That is two hundred and thirty pound Corey Hammond too. I haven't seen that guy in a while. Yeah, you're looking a little chunky there, my friend. Ah, uh, but I got just enough to get in. Hey. Uh, <laughs> all right, that, that's uh, that's making me feel both embarrassed. Oh, I really wish you were there for week one. Look at my. Look at my red <laughs> face because I had to run six yards. Um, <laughs> oh, we got to call it, Rob. Me and you got to call it. Run it back, oh. Ryan. Run the playback. Run the playback. One more no, time. do One not more run time. the playback. Do it the way the guy that was calling it called it, like this. Ready? And uh, they, they had to call it. Matt, 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 definitely start it up. Right. 12, started up. 12, 38 left to go. 7 to 6. The Hawks down by one. Corey Hammond looking <laughs> to lead the way here at quarterback. Wide receiver in motion. The snap by Hammond. 
Hammond will go off? down Broadway. Yeah. He's going to find a way. Pop Corey Hammond's got 85 kids, but he just put six on the board. Touchdown, Hawks. <laughs> and that's that's the I'm Corey Handsome look. That's who you just got ran over by. Thick boy season in the flesh. Oh, this is going to be a fun season. Oh, March 26th can't come any sooner. If you are not already setting your internet to A7FL, make it your homepage if you still do that in 2023. Just tattoo it on your tattoo it on your head, A7FL.TV 32623. I wouldn't suggest that, but at Jess Ham Tattoos will, may help you if you live in the uh, greater New Jersey or uh, New Jersey area. So let, let's, let's do this, guys, because I think it's interesting, and we're kind of dancing around it. The Vegas guys were really, really excited and loved. And actually, it started a, a beautiful friendship with those guys. When we were right, ranking right. teams um, on this three-on-one podcast, uh, you know, if, if wow, that was like, that was might have been even that like was 15 like, to 20 episodes ago. That oh was, yeah, it was early on in the run. I was oh, I was yeah. 210, 215, anyway. Um, you know Corey Hammond's going to Corey Hammond. You already should. Of know. course. But since they loved so much, and this show really has been a Vegas show, and shout-outs to the you know the great fall that they put on, uh, inviting us out there to be a part of it, which, you know, I, talking to these guys, man, you know, Rob, you've talked to some of them. Matt, I, I know that you've talked to a couple of them. The thing is, is they have, Rob, the same love that we had when we were first, like, yeah. walked onto this field. Yeah, that's and, true. and they all have that, and, and that that just kind of, like, you can – It's refreshing. It, it's refreshing. And, and for all of the things that are going on in the A7FL, which are the antithesis of that at times, and we're not going to go into more detail about that, it's right. really nice to see that guys falling in love with this game because of how right. pure and how football it is. And most of these guys are flag guys that are like, man, I'm not even going to play flag anymore. And that just that – just, you know, to, to bring it back to a, a pause moment, that just warms the cockles. You know what I'm saying? You had so many other things you could have said. Instead there was of so many. Cockles. He knew he was driving so into many. the ditch. He saw the ditch. He's like, fuck it. I'm going into the ditch. I'm going. He said, so, you know what so I'm since, doing. So since Casey Cox. <laughs> oh, Lord. And the other side of the ball loved the, the list so much. Let's just break it down to the teams that were in the fall and the teams that we know from last spring. And rank, guys, because they love it. The other side of the ball, the other side of the ball sponsored rank of Vegas spring 2023. Where do you line these teams up, starting with the worst? I'll go Insomniacs. Ooh, insomniacs, of yeah. course. They Which were is bad. fair. They're bad. And and yeah. let's give Coach Q credit. Like I said before about coaching. He had a He's tough been job. accountable. A tough He's job. been accountable. He took his own nephew out at quarterback to try some new things now that didn't solve anything i don't no, think yeah. quinton ariarty was the issue Mm-mm. but he wasn't he wasn't they're also the youngest team they're also a team that had the rde and go into the files and know what that is shout outs to joey Bate and uh woody ness charles on the parlay the rde and and the insomniacs basically got you know sabotage but they're working and they know what they need to improve on and they're right. there in the fall at least competing what, yeah, so what would they, they, Matt? What would be the team. other available options? Because we have you have the, the snake Insomniac. eyes. Because we don't even know what that team's going to look like yet. Right. We have the gold. We have OTT. We have the force. We have the pit bosses. We have the kryptonite. Am I missing somebody? Uh the hunters. The hunters. And the hunters. Well, we'll get into that. So, so 
Insomniac start at the bottom, and we have that Snake Eyes. Maybe we can put him somewhere. So let's just start. Maybe what's easier, start at the top or the bottom? It's it's way easier to start at the top. I don't know the guys at the bottom like that. So let's do that. Let's do that. Let's do that. Who's? <laughs> I don't. Let's list these guys starting. Okay, you with ready? Preseason remember, it's, number one it's, for it's three the of Vegas us. division. Nah, it's three of us, right? So usually, I'll just majority rule. Thing. Yeah, majority rule. So believe it or not. <laughs> I have the forces at number one. Oh, really? You really put the forces, them forces at number one. I still have the forces at number one. Before we go any further, where do you have RTC playing running back in the 2023, March 26th? When we, that answers my, that would be the answer to my question. That's the answer to who's number one for real. Yeah. So, so by, by default saying that it's them forces, I would expect RTC to go back. Okay, are you expecting any other roster moves, a.k.a. Uh, like a certain CP3-type quarterback that's out there finding his way on that roster? If he Is, does, it, I mean, there's no question. Who's okay, so you're just, going, you're just going Dem Falses, yeah. numero uno. uno. And, and I was going to say, Coach... Agreeing? I was going to say Coach Mack was going to say that you were a bad journalist before because you mentioned <laughs> that RTC might not go back. And that, according to him, that phrase is bad journalism. Um, but None of us are journalists. <laughs> right, I'm not a journalist. I'm technically, just, I am, just, but... I've, I've written for stupid websites, too, so technically. But I, it was free, and it was for betting, and it was like eight years ago. So don't don't follow my bets, by the way, guys. Um, so... What I'm I'm quoting I'm quoting a man like I'm I'm quoting a human that said you're a bad journalist for saying RTC is going to the kryptonite. So I'm just saying Rob said that and now he's on his good side. Coach Mac, we we are uh, great friends. You know, you talk about how I'm in the choir with Chris Vera. Max in the choir, definitely a, a a base. He's he's basically, you know, just just there to add the the background noise. You guys are off the joke. It's bad bit. Anyway, them forces <laughs> No, I I don't think we're in agreement. Let's hear what Matt has to say. Dem forces is Rob's vote. What do you say? Um, And that's dependent on if RTC is there. If RTC, so I'm going under the assumption that RTC will be playing with Smooth Richardson on March 26th. Mm. So I'm going to put the Kryptonite at number one. Okay. And so it's me, huh? Mm -hmm. Yep. It's me, huh? So, you know, what's interesting is I was the team. I was the the guy for the forces saying like, hey, remember the you didn't play in the fall. And then I completely switched gears watching how this fall was. I was watching teams develop in front of me, which is, I think, the point of the extra exposure and having them under the bright lights expose them in a way that, you know, even some of the blemishes worked out to be a positive because they were able to fix them. Man, I can't say that. Although I respect the forces and I and and the force, I, I'm even calling them forces. And a lot of the players that are <laughs> that are making a, a a big time impact in the in this fall might end up on that roster. But I I would be hard pressed to say that Darnell Richardson, Lex Luthor, RTC, which I I I am not reporting as a bad journalist, Coach Mac. Just my what 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 my opinion is based on conversations that i've had where i can quote but i won't because it offends you that rtc is going to be potentially be on that team right but i've also saw guys is is shuffert munch number 11 for the kryptonite not the best wide receiver we've seen out there he's certainly up there yes yeah he's certainly up there and look there's there's an argument to be made about a bunch of really good receivers and and not to not to you know hide the lead in that if it you know lathaniel you got to 
Lathaniel Webster Spencer, you just got to keep playing well because for whatever reason, our viewership raised when I was doing the British accent. So because I'm really a clown and, 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 and laugh. Yes, exactly. And, uh, you know, the, the top boy going up top is going to be a, a big thing potentially. But uh, the Kryptonite have a lot of the a lot of the best players on that roster that we're we're seeing in these highlights if you're watching on a7fl.tv or YouTube. But I would say, Rob, that I'm going to go Kryptonite because, A, I think that RTC, in my opinion, as a bad journalist, I think he's going to be um, on the Kryptonite. And then I also think when you look at some of the other positions, this team is, is the kind of dynamic roster that we see is the future of the A7FL you know, to, to kind of counterpoint the the thing that we started off the show, which was the 1920s version of pre women's suffrage football. Um, so, so <laughs> how do we, how do we throw that in? Because what if we don't have the Dem forces at number two? No, you could, no, I'd no, put them at number two. I'd put them the in number two. Go, you, come, you have to show respect, guys. But again, why, Corey, Corey, why are we now remember, shifting from the pit boss? Well, here's we're not, why. We're all anything, in love with Corey, the we're not shifting. We're not shifting. Respect is still... You have to respect people that did what they did. The forces are Vegas champs. Right now, recency bias has the kryptonite who has the best player on the force on their team kicking ass right now. So easily, we can... We can of course, we can say, hey... Kryptonite number one, kryptonite number one. And, and the answer respect. comes down to it. I don't mean to cut you off, Rob, no, but no. for me, it comes down to the quarterback situation. Rock Briscoe is a solid quarterback, but Smooth Richardson has showed time and time again, I think he's the best quarterback outside of Trey Robinson in this division, and he's got Shufford. He's got these other sure. weapons. He might be better take, than Trey. I would take the passer over the runner. I, I would, personally. I Wait, would which one is which? They both do the same shit. Lex Luthor runs around to pass. Trey Robinson is looking to run. Lex Luthor is running around back there, making people miss in the backfield so that he can still attack the defense downfield to his wide receivers. I think Lex Luthor is is a passer that can run, and that's the most dangerous player in the and even NFL then, when you have that. They have Scooter. Like, that's the thing. They have two quarterbacks who can beat you. Most and teams in this that, division barely their, have only one other team in this division has a quarterback that can beat you. The other one left. Like, uh, well, <laughs> well, how about this? How about this? So, the Kryptonite are we're going to be one, and you got, and maybe with the first place vote, the Force come in to the number two spot. But what have we seen, guys? Because er, earlier in, in on our show, the three on one, you guys were were really high on the pit bosses at that time and rightfully so based on what we saw but you also said at that moment you know and it was recency bias a little bit but at that moment you guys liked the pit bosses better than the fours what have we seen what have we seen that has got kind of got us back on the other road we've seen the pit bosses fold bro let's just we're gonna cut right to it i'm not even gonna play around with it let's get right to the meat of potatoes because I don't they, mind. They I don't folded, mind the they lost. Because you got to remember, they lost last year against the force. And they, their excuse was nine guys, nine guys, nine guys, nine guys. That yeah, was the well, excuse. Now they have 40. So now they have 40 and still lost RTC. to two teams. They lost to the Kryptonite, a brand new team, and the Hunters, who are brand new. They lost to a brand new team. This season was theirs, and they lost it. Uh, you could blame Coach Bartley. You could blame whoever you want to blame. It, at the end of the day, it happened. So right. those two losses for me, 
They're fighting for the number three spot. We didn't even get there yet. They're fighting for the number three spot. They're but not if, fighting for if me and Matt, if me and Matt are assuming that RTC, the the number one offensive threat and the MVP of that team, the 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 bus that drives the force, right? Mm-hmm. If he's on the kryptonite, do you think that the force will be able to replace that caliber of player? Or, or, no. or so so then that being the conversation, let's just focus on that because if RTC is on the force, I think they're they're probably um, either as good as the Kryptonite or better because they can change the game a little bit because they play a different style, which then is going to make them any mistake from the Kryptonite mean more because you're shortening the game, playing the strong defense, blah blah blah. That's a cute little you know formula, and that's what won the division at a seven and one record headed into the playoffs last year in 2022 but in this year if i'm saying that the kryptonite are number one what i'm also saying is rtc is on that team are the force without rtc a better team than the pit bosses as they exist right this second respect the team 100 if you guys are going again majority rules kryptonite number one force number two i don't even see the discussion now i would say that it would be an interesting matchup to see because then what you're saying is is that the the number one offensive threat on the force is Pac-Man Jones. And he's coming now huh? off of the Oh yeah, for sure, for sure, for sure. For Pac-Man. If, if if it's not RTC, then it's Pac-Man Jones, who's a slot wide receiver, jet type guy. And the the pit boss's defense with these 40 guys, they showed that when they played K Uno, that they can handle a, a, a very one-dimensional style offense. So I think the question is, Rob, since you're picking the force to be the best team and you haven't announced a different quarterback, do you trust in my favorite quarterback, Rock Briscoe, to Hell be no. the best division? So then what is it about the force if that, that makes them better I, than I, the pit force? Listen, I, I, literally, I answered that at the top. I answered it at the top. But they they're lost. missing tone two on defense. No, hear right? me out. They lost. Yeah. They lost to them last season. Okay. The last time they, the force are the champions. Cool. They lost to them. Then they come into the fall brawl and lose two games. I'm sorry. I cannot put them over the force because, of course, what I like to joke. I like to jive. And beat the, the kryptonite they, in this They have to do it. They have to do it. And if, if they do, does this change everything as well? Of course it does. It, it moves things right. over a little bit. It has That's to. Fair. But what I think is is that the, the team that lost against the Hunters is not representative of what the pit bosses are in their best day. And the team that lost against the Kryptonite was a team that got a lot of excuses going around the whole game and, and then gave themselves a reason why it wasn't a, a loss that they should should worry about, even though obviously as the analysts, we were like, yeah, hey, uh, hey, pit bosses, you should probably worry about you that loss be a lot more than just the excuses that we're talking about. But now they have the chance to right the ship and – a lot like the NFL guys, because what we're talking about is is the two losses are are almost like in a in a BCS college situation where hey you lost that's it season's over. Well, this is the preseason, and I think for the pit bosses losing in the preseason might be the best thing that could happen for the regular season. And this chip, if they win against the Kryptonite, all of the things that we're saying gets completely flipped because then maybe RTC doesn't even stay with the Kryptonite. So Very I think true. this championship is gonna is gonna bleed into what happened in the spring. But let's assume what we're assuming. We could put the four dem forces at two and then the crypt and then the pit bosses at three for argument's sake, which leaves OTT, the gold, 
um, the hunters, the snake eyes, and the insomniacs. So let's not let's not even let's not even muddy the waters. Hunters are not at the fourth spot simply because K Uno's gone. I if agree. K Uno is gone. OTT Gold Hunters. Everyone else follows. I don't see how it changes anything else because I'm I think. OTT and the Hunters. I think the Hunters without K Uno look more like the Insomniacs than people think. I know it's hard. How about the gold with Snoop and all of the the Sin City Govs that we did not see against the Pit Bosses, which would include Gaither, which would include Gentile, even though it was Gentile. And we were saying it on. Yeah, exactly. Mm -hmm. We were saying it. I think it was on. uh, The first night of Hanukkah. Yeah, I was going to say almost say one of the wrong ones, like Rosh Hashanah or something. I might have even almost said Ramadan and just went wrong religion, but that's just Corey Hammond messing up the show. But if if the gold, which we saw, give one of the best games against the Kryptonite. Now the Kryptonite didn't have all their all of the them guys, right? Um, but I don't know if you guys remember that Kryptonite game. The the gold with Snoop at quarterback, they put up big numbers. Yeah. Now it didn't matter. They were getting some garbage time numbers, and and Corey Hammond can certainly appreciate some garbage time. 300-yard passing numbers, my guy Snoop, Greg Smith. I see you, bro. Um, but so you guys have you guys have OTT sliding into that four spot? Yeah. OTT, then the gold. And then the gold. I, I would have the Hunters in front of the gold because of Zebby. That that Hunters defense is solid. That Hunters have got, know, like, they've got a good defense, Rob, and you can't take that away from them. Yeah, but we the also goal- watch when Zebby gets abused because his defense has to go out there series after series, Zebby becomes a non-factor. As good as he is, as good as he is, if they cannot score, what can Zebby do for you? And, Not and, much. And this is obviously a joke, and no disrespect to K Uno, who's my guy, but are we 100% sure that Zebby isn't another one of K Uno's brothers? Because if K Uno's leaving, I know that um, his uh, Devion Samuels is leaving. I think I mean, it's Devion Samuels, number eight, his wide receiver brother. Yeah. I mean, I mean, if 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 his if his brothers leave it, his brothers leave it. Is Zebby his brother? Because the, the Hunters, if if there's a bunch Zebby of a, a bunch too. of the, the South Halls and and Kwame's uh, uh, kin, I don't think they're staying. If if the if the best player on their team, and honestly, I would ask you a question. I would ask you this, Rob, and I think I know the answer. If your if the best player on your roster was publicly shamed in the first round of your playoff game by sitting him to show that the coach is more important than the quarterback. Hmm. If, you, if you were not that player, would you still want to stay on that team? No, I've left teams for less. I've left teams for coaches thinking they knew better than the players. We respect you. We'll do what you ask. But if that – it's our bodies on the line out there, buddy. I'm not, I'm not sacrificing my body for stupid play calling ever. I won't do it. I've literally left teams for that and tanked the whole season – and there's, there's tons of guys that were witnesses. Ant Live, Scott, Pat, Patrick Colburn, a bunch of guys saw me do it. Once I left, the team, everyone left. Because, no, that's how you, you know what I'm saying, you want to take a stance and not put a player in that can help me out, help the team out. Hey, that's your call, coach. This is your team. I'll just, I'll just happily sit out. No problem. What team was that, Rob? Semi-pro. Oh, whoa, whoa, whoa. I was gonna say I didn't know of an A seven. Oh yeah, no, nah, this didn't happen to A seven. No, yeah, A7, I was like, that's not how you left BIC. No, A seven, A seven was smooth. A seven was smooth. BIC B- B- didn't even go down like that. It wasn't even that dramatic with BIC. 
just you just drifted apart. You had a conscious uncoupling. Uh, yeah, it's it's just I'm I was getting older. Um, they were I getting the same BIC, age. Yeah, tell us. Yeah, no, BIC was gonna be in some developmental years, which is why I respect Kenny Stansberry so much. Yeah. I couldn't do the developmental years. I've been through the losses and the wins and the tough ones, and I've been through all it. My body's not the same as it was seven, eight years ago. So, nah. Neither's mine. Neither's yeah, mine. It's lighter. Yeah. Mm. <laughs> no, no, my body specifically. Yours is lighter. Mine is mine's heavier. <laughs> Don't give me that sounder. We all know I mentioned the name of the person. Oil the wheel. That? Oil the wheel. How about that, Corey? Wherever we're, well, I, I'll that's the Corey Hammond button. Every time during that's the show when Corey talks, I just got to play this. Yes, Let sir. Corey talk. Shouts to me, Corey. <laughs> no, 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 no you, you can't make it worse than it already is. You could, you could throw to. me under a bus. Literally, you could do the car crash whenever I the car crash. Kareem well, well, you're Corey Hammond. Rob's Corey Handsome. I'm Corey yes, Hanson, maybe. Hanson, I like it. Cause I have the glasses. I like it. Okay, I'm old. The reference is uh, my reference was even older. I, I'd get a David Isaacs text right now if we were on the air. Yes. <laughs> and on that note, I think we should wrap up. Uh, well, we got to finish up the list. So at number one, we have the Kryptonite. The number kryptonite. two, we have them forces. Number the three, forces. we have the pit bosses. Number four is OTT. Oh. We're still yes, stuck sir. at number five. I think me and Corey have at the Hunters. You have the gold. I think that the gold, with with the caveat, with the Sin City Govs, right? With Gaither, with Greg Smith, Snoop. Mm -hmm. Um, Jeremiah Reeves, obviously, he's still part of that team. He's working and building. He's trying to get everybody back or, or, you know, as many people as he can. I like the Gold's roster as much as I like the Hunters. But if you're telling me I can have Snoop, who in the same game as Lex Luthor, Darnell Richardson, outpassed him numbers-wise... Right. That's true. Uh, gold. Strike. We All right. So five, so it'll be the gold. Gold. gold at number five. So we have one we have one team that wasn't even in fall brawl, one team that wasn't in the fall playoff in the top five. Hunters at number six. The Sin City Edge at number seven. Or or is it the Insomniacs at seven? Insomniacs at seven. Put a okay. little respect on it. And that. then the Sin City Edge at number eight. And there's a mystery ninth team that might come in. So there's... Mystery yeah, ninth. Oh, ninth. 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 You know, I, I got to say this. I was hearing some stuff about, about Saturday, about the Battle of Bullhead. Like, I'm hearing that guys from across the country, like across the A7, like, Wild Can Ball's going to be there. And, like... People keep telling me. I heard me- Voltron. I heard Voltron. Yeah. I heard Voltron. I, I know Voltron isn't going to make an appearance, but I, I was, I was interested in it. Let's say. The other thing is, is let's just also let's uh, we we hit the we hit a lead right here, guys. You know, we talked about Ryan Shamar and how uh, you know a certain situation affected him. Shout outs to my guy Gaither, who who as this podcast drops could be uh, for the fourth time a new father. Oh, a father time? for the fourth time. Yeah, I just found. I oh, thought, Gaither. you know, I thought Gaither's going to have a kid. West Coast, Gaither. Corey. No, 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 no. He's, not, he's much better looking than me. That's join, join the club, Gaither. Me, you, and Corey. Four kids. Isn't that grand? Well, Corey has 85, but you know, he's coming. 
Corey just drives to school on a fleet of Partridge family buses. He just bought a bunch of cheese buses during the Great Recession. (laughs) But we have the division layout. Here's a question for you guys. Top four heading into this Top five heading into this season. There was only one Vegas team in our top ten. And we can do our official top ten the week before opening day. Which will be, if I take a look at my calendar here... We launch on March 26th. So on March 23rd, we'll drop the episode. You know what? I think we might go live March 22nd with our top 10 super official first ever A7FL power ranking. Mm. And I think we're going to start doing that every single week here on on the three-on-one podcast. We'll give you the A7FL power rankings. power rankings. The top five rappers of all time. Dylon, 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 and Dylon. Exactly. But would you have more than one Vegas team in your top ten? And would you have one more than one Vegas team in your top five? Or even a Vegas team in your top five? Only one Vegas team in the top five, possibly. Mm, Top ten is tough. Well, I think... Top ten is tough. There's a lot of th- interesting little uh, adjustments we have to make for a lot of different reasons. Um, but there are, you know, basically an easy way to do it is you look at the divisions. You look at the Jersey division. You look at Ohio division. You look at the Florida division. There's a D.C. division and then there's the California and then the Vegas division. So the Vegas, I think they would definitely at least have one of the teams in the top five. I think that based on what you said, Rob, if we have that much respect for the kryptonite and we might put them in the top five, we would would probably put the force then in the top 10, which they could be Mm. close to a top six or seven because we had the force. We had the force at at six guys and we didn't really love them. And I feel like we've learned more about the Vegas. You know how recency bias works. I'm watching the kryptonite go crazy. Which is the elephant, you know. We've yeah. been talking about that elephant for a couple of weeks, but based on recent events, I also think that changes a little bit of the narrative too. So I think this is I, a great way. Sure. To All right, uh, you know oh, what? I am, not, I am not letting anything go because you sh- you guys better tune in for that twenty third. Nah, you, you're right. You're right. That Corey. top ten right. is going to be very top. Yeah, it's going to be crazy. Many. It's going to be crazy. Nah, here's right. a, here's a question about the top ten, and we'll end on this, and we'll let people linger and faster for like the next fifty days. With what we know, and what hasn't been announced yet. Does the U fall out of the top five? Can I can I blink my screen out? I gotta go. I gotta go. I gotta go. Well, on that note, I will say <laughs> you already know is the answer to that question, Matt. You already know. Oh, I gotta go. All right. Well, Rob's gotta go talk to somebody about anything but this. I think he's actually gonna go to a proctological exam at eleven o'clock at night instead of continue this conversation. For Big Rob Fabian. I don't want to talk about this. Just so everyone knows the video, while Matt was talking about a proctologist, Big Rob over here on video. Oh man, I put my finger in the camera. I don't know what he's doing there. Pause. Be sure to go to <laughs> a7fl.tv <laughs> to watch the podcast. Too much, you're going way too pausey for normal. <laughs> Big Rob would never say these many things that got paused on our broadcast. Oh, What's going goodness. on, my friend? I'm sorry. My the camera's on. Me that I'm an idiot for screaming. <laughs> OMG, STFU. I'm not down with the lingo. I don't know what that means. I'm going to keep screaming. 
So what'd you say, Matt, as we end the show? Head on over to a7fl.tv to watch old games, highlights, and also this podcast. And also be sure to go to tinyurl.com slash a7fl. That's tinyurl.com slash a7fl to get your a7fl three-on-one podcast merch. And as always, be sure to rate, review, and subscribe. If you are listening to this on any and every audio platform, those reviews help us more than you know. This Saturday and Sunday, you'll be hearing the dulcet tones of myself, Big Rob Fabian, and Corey Hammond. During the Battle of Bullhead, you can go to a7flnv.com. That's a7flnv.com to sign up or to join us live on a7fl.tv. But on Sunday, we go live at 3 Pacific. That's 6 p.m. Eastern Time for the Battle at Bullhead Finals. That'll be on the Silver State Sports and Entertainment Network. And then at 9 p.m. Eastern, 6 p.m. Pacific, it is the A7FL Nevada Fall Brawl Championship. The Kryptonite look to get over on the pit bosses in our final game before March 26th. But for Big Rob Fabian and Corey Hammond, I'm Matt Ryan saying, as always, don't be an asshole. I'll try. Want to bring the A7FL to your town? Well, you're in luck. Between now and October 1st, we are still taking applications to buy a division in the American Sevens Football League. Join Columbus for our 2023 season now. For more information on it, go to a7fl.com owners. That's a7fl.com owners. Get your piece of the future of football and bring us to your town.